start today's episode in a really fun way. We're going to start with a game. I love to start my classes with a game, so I thought it would be fun if we started with a game right here, right now. I want you to think of the two things that stress you out the most. Two things that you're like, oh man, that gets my blood boiling, or oh my gosh, that makes me so nervous, or oh my gosh, if this could be removed from the teaching profession, it would make everything better. Think of two things for you, all right? This is a personal question. There's not a right or wrong answer, but just allow those things to come to your mind, all right? What are those for you? For you, maybe the thought of testing, like high stakes testing came to mind. Maybe for you, it was planning, engaging content because it's just so time consuming. Maybe for you, it was the negative and nasty emails that got sent by parents sometimes that always seem to come through at like 11.39 p.m. And you're like, I wish I wouldn't have seen that email. What, what are your top two most stressful things? Maybe one of those things was subplans or being out of the classroom. If being gone and subplans stress you out, teacher friend, I got your back because I want to add two teacher tips that are going to make your subplans so much better than they ever have been. And it's going to de-stress your return back to school. No longer will you dread walking in and being like, Oh, dear Lord Jesus, what happened while I was gone? I promise that these are going to bring your sub plans to a whole nother level. And they're simple, but they're oh so significant. I've been doing these two strategies myself for over 10 years. And I'm going to tell you, they are game changers. Now, before we do that, I want to actually read a five-star review that was left on the Apple podcast app from the listener of the week. Five stars. They said, wowza, love, 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 love the attitude, love the message, love the accent, love the passion, love the delivery, love the relatability. She actually made me look forward to the first week of school when my anxiety is usually kicked up 140 notches. Thank you, Monica, for sharing. Well, thank you for being the listener of the week. The listener of the week's, their screen name is blown away by words. And what I think is funny about this review is love the accent. I don't know. I feel like, you know, when you have an accent, you don't feel like you have one. So I'm curious if I sound Southern or Northern. If you live above me, you probably think I sound Southern. If you live below me, you probably think that I have like the Chicago accent. So I think that's really funny. Nonetheless, I want to thank you guys. Whether you're here for the accent, you're here for the humor, you're here for the tips, you're here for the motivation. I'm just glad you're here and I want more teachers to be here. You leaving a five-star review or even a written review on this podcast makes such a big difference. If you're going to leave a five-star review, awesome. Leave that on the on the platform. If you're going to leave less than that, send me a message and we can talk about it. You know what I'm saying? All right. But but for real, if you could hit pause at the end of this episode or even right now and and just leave a quick written review, it would mean the world to me because I am just so confident that you're about to get so much value from this episode 
and you're going to thank me the next time that you are absent from school. So let's get into this episode. Two teacher tips that will make your sub plans amazing and de-stress your life too. There is awesome in every single school day. the big question. How can teachers like us who love our job, love our students, and love being a part of education celebrate awesome even more in our classrooms and learning communities? Where can we find teaching tips and tricks? Where can we find engaging stories and motivational strategies? That is the question and this weekly podcast is your answer. So welcome to all my teacher friends. My name is Monica Genta and I am so excited that you are here listening to this podcast, This Teacher Life. In the past few years, maybe you have been out of your classroom more than what you normally would be simply because you ended up in the quarantine or you're trying to be proactive because you're not feeling well and don't want to spread something. Or maybe you are saying, you know what? No, I am just taking sick time because I need it. I'm taking my personal days or mental health days because Because we can, but regardless of the reason why you need to be gone, regardless of the reason why you need to write sub plans, the reality is in our job, you just can't be gone. You can't just say, peace out, I'm not coming to work. Sometimes are you jealous of other jobs that they can just be like, no, I'm not going to be there on Monday. And they're like, okay, no worries. We are one of the few jobs where it requires more work for us to be gone than the work that we would have to put in if we were there. The amount of hours and the amount of details and the time-consuming nature of a subplan is redonkulous, which means that we just have to have better subplans that are more efficient, more engaging than maybe what we would predict. Because we have all been in this space where we give what we think is just a bomb sub plan. And then we come back and the students are like, the sub didn't understand this or this didn't go well or you said this was going to take 40 minutes and then it only took 10 minutes. And we're like, what? How did that even happen? I understand all of the stress and the struggles that revolve around sub plans. I get it. But it doesn't change the fact that sometimes we simply have to be gone. In fact, I encourage you to take your sick days, take your personal days if you need or want to. Seriously, you should. And I know there's a sub shortage and I know that it's crazy and I know it's like, oh, I'd rather just come to school with sniffles sometimes and I get it. But friends, if we want the equilibrium of education to ever truly understand what we do and how much we put in, I think we have to add a little bit of stress to the system. Maybe that's for another podcast episode. But for now, what we're going to stay focused on is these two teacher tips that are going to make your sub plans amazing. 
And the first thing that I want to encourage you to do is teach up your students. That's that's strategy number one. Teach up your students. What does that mean? What I mean by that is we never really know with 100% certainty who our sub is going to be. I know that you might put it into a system or maybe there is um, an internal sub in your school district who's going to get assigned. This has become very popular these days where a district will just hire somebody for a 180-day contract and they're just the floating sub, which is great. But we never really know who's going to be in there, how well they know our kids, how well they know our content, how well they know our structure and our routines. But do you know who does know all of that? Our students. Our students know what we expect. Our students know a lot of our strategies. Our students can pick up how we teach things, how we reach kids. And so I think there is a big advantage to teaching up our students on how to be teachers if we as the teacher are gone. Let me give you an example that just recently happened in my own classroom. So the other day I taught my students a strategy. Okay, so I taught them the strategy. We went through it. We did some practice problems. We engaged in this content area strategy. It was a math strategy. And they got it. And they were crushing these problems. They were working really well in small groups. At one point, they were working really well on some of these problems as a large group. And I was like, dang, these kids get it. Like they're understanding my structure. They're understanding the expectations. And they're working pretty well together. So the goal then would be, If I'm not there, if you're not there, could they manage the class themselves? And I want you to know that this was a group of seventh graders. So it's not like I'm talking about like a high school class. This was a group of of seventh graders. So we have 12-year-olds who we know can be a hot mess express. But if we give them the foundation, If we give them the leadership, if we give them the tools, can they do it? Now, maybe you're a second grade teacher, a third grade teacher, fifth grade teacher. I do think that this strategy works well at all grade levels, with maybe the exception of PK and kinder. And if you are in PK and kinder, I'm just literally sending so much love and and so many Kleenex boxes your way, because I don't know how you deal with that. But... Here was the thing. I put this strategy into place because I had to be out of the classroom for one class period. And I turned to one of my students and I said, here are my sub plans. I literally gave my student the sub plans. I picked one student. I gave her the sub plans and I said, you know, the sub is in charge, but you're facilitating this. And she said, seriously? And I said, seriously. So the sub is in charge. But you are going to kind of take on the role of kind of teaching this. And she said, okay. And I was like, okay. So I gave her all the content. I gave her the actual sub plans. I said, all right, anything else you need from me? And I literally looked at the class as I was getting ready to walk out with my clipboard and my Chromie, my Chromebook, getting ready to head out to go to my meeting. And I looked at the class and I said, the sub is in charge, but this student is me for right now. And then I left. And I came back 30 minutes later. 
And I looked at her and I said, hey, how did it go? And the sub said, it went great. And I said, awesome. And he's like, they did a really good job. And I said, fantastic. And then I looked at the student and I said, how did it go? And she said, well, we finished your sub plans, but it was okay because I kind of did this on the fly and I created some more problems for us. Hello. Hello. Can we get a... Can we get a yes on that one? I want to be very clear on what happened. They got through all of my problems. And then the student created more practice problem based off of the theme of the lesson and continued with class. They didn't get on the YouTube. They didn't get on the TikToks. They didn't start screwing around and like causing problems for the sub. Why? Because we have to empower our kids in our sub plans. We have to create a structure so that is so replicatable. I'm not even sure if replicatable is a word, but it felt pretty good when it came out of my mouth, so we're going with it. So we have to create a structure and a management system that is so replicatable that if we are gone, our students would literally know how to create that exact same environment if we were not there. So the question is, and I know it's early in the year, what can we do each and every single day to create the structure, to create the clarity that if you were gone, a student could take over? And maybe not every single student. I want to be very clear. In this group of seventh graders, there is, at this point in the year, I couldn't hand over it to any of my seventh graders. It would have to be, at this point, a specific group. But I think that group will get larger and larger and larger as the year goes on. So, I want to be clear. The sub is in charge. When there is a sub, the sub is in charge. In charge of, like, those things of who can and cannot leave the room for the bathroom. Like, what they're actually doing. Like, are there cell phones in the sub cell phone subdivision? Are they being polite? Are they being kind? Are they staying focused? That's on the sub. But what if the lesson was being facilitated by a student or by a small group? That is going to maximize learning in a huge way. So I think, how do we do this? I think as we're teaching a strategy, as we are engaging in content with kids, we are demonstrating it in a way that is easy to understand and that they could replicate. We're bringing them up to our smart board or Promethean board more often. We're showing them how to use the technology. We're constantly pausing and saying, does this make sense? If I wasn't here, could you do this without me? And that's a really powerful sentence. Let hit pause on this. This is something that is essential in a sub plan. We are hitting pause more often and saying, does this make sense? If I wasn't here, could you do this without me? Could you lead this without me? That's not just preparing kids to have a sub. That's preparing kids for the real world. That's just a life skill. Mmm. Mmm. Let's put that on a decorative poster next to like our computer or next to like our flag in our classroom. So we are reminded of that. That's, that's a good one. And you know what? The second idea is coming up next, and I'm telling you, you are going to want to hear this second idea because it is so sinking simple and so practical.
Now, speaking of things that kids can do if we are absent, one of the most engaging, motivational, content-driven things that I have ever created as a classroom teacher is something that I call a battle bracket. Battle brackets are ways to get kids communicating, connecting with the content, creating a little bit of classroom camaraderie, creating a little bit of classroom controversy that has a purpose. It's engaging in debate. It's getting kids to dive into some context and really ask the question, what have we learned and how can we prove it? Battle brackets are perfect for social and emotional learning, relationship building, and I also have battle brackets that are perfect for science, elementary curriculum, and so much more. I'm telling you, if you've got a homeroom, if you've got an advisory, if you lead a morning meeting, you're an elementary teacher or you're a science teacher, I have the perfect battle bracket for you. In fact, Battle brackets are something that I can leave behind when I have a sub and I am 100% confident that so much productive work will get done because the kids are ridiculously engaged in these. If you have used my battle brackets, I want you to know that I created more of them. Brand new, hot on the market at monicagenta.com shop. That's monicagenta.com slash shop. If you have never heard of battle brackets and you're like, what? I need these. I would use these as sub plans. Yeah, go check them out. I'm going to leave a link to all of my battle brackets in the show notes so you can go to the podcast podcast platform that you're listening on right now and you can just click that link or you can go to monicagenta.com slash shop to learn about these battle brackets. They are so freaking fun and they are so freaking effective. I do not want you to go one more day, one more teacher year without implementing at least one of these in your classroom. Battle brackets are where it's at. Check them out, monicagenta.com shop. Okay, so I want to tell you about what is at the bottom of every single sub plan that I have created in probably the past 11 to 12 years. I don't think I did this in my very first year teaching, but I started after that. And it is really, really simple. At the bottom of every sub plan, I have a scale. It says, on a scale of 1 to 10, Please rate my class. 10 being, oh my gosh, I would sub for these students every single day. They were amazing. They were kind. They were compassionate. They were focused. Like I'm talking like 10 out of 10 is I am mind blown. I want your job because I want these kids. That's what a 10 means. One is what in the heck just happens? I will never sub for you again. In fact, I'm taking my mind my name off the sub list because I'm never going to sub again. Okay. That is the scale. And I have my sub rate them on a scale of one to 10. So if I have six periods in the day, they're leaving a scale of one to 10 for first period family, second period family, third period family, fourth period family, sixth period family. They are leaving a number one to 10 for each of my classes. If you're an elementary teacher, maybe they're rating the morning block, the afternoon block, and the before going home block. You can set it up however you want, but 
I think sometimes we need a numeric representation of how good kids were during like our time away because oftentimes like a sub will say they were good and then you walk into class and the kids are like oh we were not very good so good is a relative term or the sub will say like they did a pretty nice job well what does that even mean so I think while a scale of one to ten is still gonna have some like you know some maybe some bias in there and maybe your 10 is not my 10 but I do think it at least numerically describes the moment and so I think that's important but here's what's cool about this students know that the sub is rating them on a scale of one to ten like my students are well aware that this is a thing because I tell them in advance the sub is going to rate you on a scale of one to ten And so my very first thing that I do if I've been out for a day or two, it's usually for professional development. So I am gone occasionally because I'm at your school doing a keynote or I'm at your school doing a workshop and that kind of thing. So if I'm gone for a PD day and I return, the very first thing that I do is I look at what did the sub rank each of my classes on a scale of one to 10. But I don't tell my students what the sub rated them. If my first hour family comes in, I welcome them back. And I'm like, hey, I missed you. I'm pumped to be back. And then I say, what do you think the sub rated you? Because they know that the sub was going to write down a number. And I tell the sub not to tell the students. So I will say to the students, what do you think the sub rated you? You're like, oh, probably, oh, an eight or definitely a 10, definitely a 10. Or they're like, oh, a two. And then I immediately say, Why do you think a 10? Why do you think an 8? Why do you think a 2? And then they are brutally honest. They divulge all of the details, but they do it in an organized way. And what's interesting is 9 times out of 10, their number that they think they earned is very, very, very similar to what the sub gave them. In fact, sometimes they're harder on themselves than what the sub was. It's not uncommon for the sub to give them a 10. They're like, I mean, we were pretty good, but we probably weren't a 10. I mean, there was a little talking. We were a little unfocused at the very beginning, but just during like lunch count. And so they are very self-reflective. But I think the scale of 1 to 10 thing is actually about being proactive. It's about saying, listen, the sub's going to rank you. I'm going to see that number and I'm going to ask you about it. And I tell them in advance, nothing less than a five is accepted. If the sub rates you lower than a five, that's just simply unacceptable. And the kids know that. In fact, I tell them, if the sub rates you a 10 out of 10, well, it's awesome. And every single one of you is going to get a piece of old man candy when I return. Because a 10, man. That's amazing, especially when I'm out of the classroom, especially when the structure has changed. If you can be 10 out of 10 when a sub is there, that means a lot to me and I want to reward that. So 10 out of 10 means every kid gets automatic old man candy. 8 out of 10, that's cool. I'm good with that. 8 out of 10, that's not bad. I understand some things pop up. But anything lower than a 5 is an automatic we are having a sit down. All right, we're having like one of them come to Jesus's. I don't call it that. It's public education, but we're having like a come to Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, 
Rarely have I had a group of students who've been rated lower than a five more than once in an entire school year. Our subs do an incredible job. We need great subs. We need people who are willing to return to the classroom. Subs are guests in our school. They're guest teachers and they deserve respect and our students deserve to respect those people. Additionally, when we're gone, things still should get done. It should still be a very productive, fun, engaging day. And when our subs aren't worried about all of the chaos and all of the just absolute disaster tornadoes that are happening, they can have a better time with students. They can get more done. So the scale of 1 to 10 thing is so very simple. It's literally at the bottom on a scale of 1 to 10 rate my class. And I will say 10 is best freaking class ever. I'll literally write that. Like you're blown away by how good they are. 1 is yikes your kids were a mess and I would never sub for you again they rate them and then we talk about it now there are going to be cases where a student or maybe two or three students brings down the number for the whole class but in our sub plans I hope and if you don't have this please add this you specifically write down if there are specific students who caused this number to decrease, I need to know their name specifically. Like that should be in our sub plans already, but if it's not, add it now. So we're just covering all of our bases. So if we look at these two tips, they're really, really simple, but they also work together. One is teach up our students to teach our classes. Give them the tools, give them the confidence, give them the courageous nature to say, man, if Miss Genta's not there, I think I could help lead the lesson. God, that's powerful on so many levels. Tip number two, have the sub rate them on a scale of one to 10. That is not equating your kids with a number. That's just an ability for us to get the full picture of what happened. That is a powerful tool for students to also reflect on during every single choice they're making. I promise if you add these two tips to your sub plans, they will be more amazing. Your sub plans will be more amazing and your students will be more amazing. Therefore, this will de-stress your life too. Oh, God, I feel like this was just a big win. This, this, episode could be your favorite episode ever because you're like damn girl damn girl those are good tips you're welcome i'm here all season baby we are here all season recording these episodes tips and motivation and stories and humor it's unfiltered it's real it's raw and i don't edit anything out of these sometimes i'm gonna sneeze i'm not gonna edit that Sometimes I'm going to cuss. I'm probably not going to edit that out either. But this is what we do, friends. This is what we do because we are living this teacher life. And I want to thank you for being here. Don't forget to leave that five-star review on your favorite podcast listening app. We're going to be here next week with more great stuff. New episodes dropping every single Sunday. So you are ready for your commute home on Monday. Guys, I hope you have a great week. Thanks for living this teacher life.